0: Hello, and welcome to the Cult Standard, your movie podcast for all the cult films fit to follow. My name is James.
1: And my name is Mike.
0: And each episode on the Cult Standard, we review a different movie with a cult following we've never seen before. And by the end, we decide whether or not to join that cult. Today, we are talking about The Prowler. Never heard of it, I'm sure. Maybe.
1: Maybe. I mean, I've never heard of The Prowler, the uh, supposed knockoff i don't actually know if anyone was accusing it of being a knockoff but a very a film in a very similar vein that came out that same year called my bloody valentine nor the remake of said movie my bloody valentine and the reason why following that train of movie productions is relevant is that i think working backwards from that is how you ended up arriving at at this
0: that is how we ended up so i mean i i, I don't know i was just scrolling through movies i haven't seen like horror movies whatever and then Brought up my bloody Valentine, the uh, the 1981 film, and I was like, I remember seeing a remake, a trailer for a remake of that movie um, in 3D, and I remember there was like a uh, person in a GI uniform like throwing an axe at the screen, and it was like it was gonna come through the screen. Oh my god, it's 3D. Um, Uh, Still, just brief aside. The one shot in Mad Max Fury Road that I absolutely despise is the 3D shot.
1: (laughs) Anyways, Which, which, which Oh, oh, the one where the the, the uh, truck, the, the truck is destroyed, right and the the, c-
0: all the stuff is flying at the screen. I'm like, oh man,
1: okay, it's actually pretty bad. Yeah, no, <laughs>
0: it, I mean it's it's dated more than anything else, which is weird it to say. It was dated him.
1: when it came. It, like, it was dated when it came out.
0: No, no, like that was the stuff that I that was uh, that the kind of stuff they were doing in the first 3D movie I ever saw, which was Monster House. <laughs> and and oh so yeah. on and so forth. Anyways, so My Bloody Valentine 3D came out in 2009. It was a remake of a movie in 1981 called My Bloody Valentine. Later in the same year that My Bloody Valentine was released, a movie that had been in production before My Bloody Valentine, so it's not just a, you know, it's not a, um, uh, you know, asylum pictures type knockoff or anything. Um, the Prowler came out. So in my... In my uh, internet rabbit hole, I came across My Bloody Valentine and was like, oh, maybe, you know, since this was a movie that probably some people have seen, you know, at least a remake, maybe it'd be a good opportunity to do like a horror film. Because My Bloody Valentine, the original, also has a cult following. But when I was on the Wikipedia page for My Bloody Valentine, the 1981 film, they were like, yeah, it's very similar to this film called The Prowler that came out later the same year. And I'm like, huh. I clicked on The Prowler, also has a cult following, and also has spe- special effects done by Thomas Savini.
1: <laughs> never heard of him. Never, no. He was... If, if you've never heard of him, horror, le- uh, horror gore legend.
0: Yeah, if you've seen like 80 slasher films, um, he did a couple of the Friday the 13th, the original, and number four. Number four, by the way, was also directed by the same director as The Prowler, so they, they re-teamed up for Friday the ter- 13th part 4 Um mm-hmm. And part four, by the way, is the best and second most enjoyable Jason Voorhees movie.
1: <laughs> What's the most enjoyable to you, the Jason X Jason X? Hanha- Jason X, yeah. Of course. Um Fourth uh, Fourth is like if you are if you are into this franchise, four is the crowning achievement. It is the defining film of the franchise. It's the peak. It is it is everything. Yeah, Friday um, the
0: thirteenth for the final chapter. Um yeah, yeah it was a perfect perfection and synthesization of their formula. Um, and once again, with really great effects by Tom Savini, who also did worked on the first one. So, um, and so you talked about. Uh, I remember you talked about Friday the Thirteenth being. Uh, it, well, of course, it's a blatant rock rip off of, of Halloween,
1: um, but it's a bit, but it's also a bit of an obsession of mine because I think that Friday, while obviously obviously Halloween is a better movie than Friday the Thirteenth. Um. I give me the franchise of Friday the 13th any day of the week <laughs> over the franchise oh. of Halloween. I love the Friday the 13th franchise.
0: Yeah, the man, I if we were ever to do some sort of podcast episode on on the Halloween franchise, it's just it's just such a mess because It's
1: it's kind of it's a depressing mess. It, it is
0: because there's so much potential because John Carpenter originally like the history of it is so fascinating because John Carpenter mm-hmm. conceived of the Halloween franchise as an anthology series that he wanted to keep mm-hmm. adding to with new spooky stories um, it ex- the explains the
1: third movie the season of The Witch. It, it
0: explains perfectly the third movie the season of The Witch. So That's what he wanted to do as number two um, but mm-hmm. problem is Halloween did so well um, and it, you know we love to have our horror icons, so we had to have Michael Myers return and they started to just get really caught up in plot which is just like a death sentence to horror, horror franchises and um, so introducing all these weird twists and turns and Jamie Lee Curtis uh, was like, oh, I'll come back in a later film only if you kill me off, kind of like the Harrison Ford thing um, in Star Wars, that is. Um, and Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, but you would describe it to me, Halloween, uh, well, it's Friday the 13th, as a Halloween knockoff, but with better kills.
1: Absolutely with better kills. It's got the greatest kills in the history of, it's... It, it it elevates the uh, like uh, the technique of a slasher movie kill to its own like art form. <laughs> yeah, no, it that's is true. Beautiful, it like because it's no are... longer
0: just the, the 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 killing the or the act of killing, not the documentary that is the, no. the <laughs> that is the horrifying. It's it's how the killing actually happens.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well, it like it transcends its own even like usefulness to scare you. And it just becomes like technically impressive, and that's like, which I almost feel is like the ultimate endpoint of what Tom Savini does. I don't even know how many Friday films he worked on. Um, I, I know we have I, at least I, two. There may have been more. Um, yeah, I think he was... Was he there with the first one? Believe- he
0: was in the first one, I remember. Cause, okay. I mean, come on, the, the, Which the is Kevin Bacon tame. neck kill. Oh,
1: God, it's so good.
0: Because that, that's, scared- that's Tom Savini written all over it.
1: <laughs> right, right. That was like... Th- those were the days where, like, you know, those kills scared the hell out of me. And then, like, as the series went on, they become so outlandish and so, like, impossible to imagine happening to any actual person that they just... They're no longer scary, but they become just, like... So memorable, they stick in your head, and I still remember the freaking like the the I think the most infamous one is the sleeping bag scene where oh the sleeping uh, bag kill yeah which you don't even see the I mean it's not gory at least I don't I don't remember it being gory because the person's inside the sleeping bag and Jason just slams it against the tree multiple times
0: (laughs) yeah so he did only do Friday the Thirteenth Part One and Four but he also worked on Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two a film Ah. called The Burning um some other uh some other uh horror films that you may remember so uh, and you Well and, the the the, and you Dawn of the Dead of course. Yeah yeah yeah. And and the thing is oh Day of the Dead did he do Dawn of or the S- Dead too? Dawn well, of Dead as, oh, he did. He, he did do Dawn of the Dead* as well.
1: Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he did the effects in *Don of the Dead* as well as having a supporting role in the film.
0: Yeah, and it, well, and he did the effects for *Day of the Dead* too. So the the yeah, point is like, yes. you know a a Tom Savini kill when you see it. <laughs> uh, that's oh, how yeah. like iconic it is. Um, Absolutely. So when I, you know, when I first started watching *The Prowler* sitting down, I was I I messaged Mike. I was like, man, I'm I'm like 20 minutes into *The Prowler* and he is not disappointing. <laughs>
1: He's he's Tom Savini all over the place. (laughs) He
0: really did. Oh, it's just... It's just gleeful and terrifying. Like, honestly, like, the... I wouldn't... That's... uh, Of course, it's like... It's it's fun for me to just talk about the the kills itself, but I... I, Mm -hmm. The movie, I don't think... I think is anything but gleeful. It's actually rather bleak. Um, Yeah. That was my take on it, anyhow.
1: It was mine, too. Um... so I'm I'm going to come out though, and I I will say just c- coming out swinging. I think that the, I think the Savini work is probably the most notable thing about the movie in yep. retrospect. Like I don't absolutely, I don't think that, and and I guess it's kind of hard because this is coming out for sure. It's coming out post Halloween, um, and post Friday the Thirteenth, right? Because that was 80. yeah, post Friday
0: they came yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. I believe it was 1980.
1: Um, yeah so it's it's the dawn of this like i mean at this point it's still kind of the dawn of what would come to be like you know the 80s and 90s teen slasher movies so it's still kind of a formulating genre but other than the kills i there's nothing in here to me that is kind of elevates it or that that makes it noteworthy in the history of of slasher movies and I was kind of trying to see like okay well what does this do differently because it's got it has the advantage of coming out before some of the uh, the conventions were completely set in stone and I just I, I think that I, it is one of the weird instances where I find myself mostly agreeing with the contemporaneous reviews that came out about the movie
0: right well so yeah, I agree definitely that the uh, that the kills are the, the best part of this movie and, and the, what make it most it will make it most memorable absolutely mm-hmm. um and i think like i'm really glad for having seen this movie purely because of that purely to see watch like a uh, a uh, a genius like tom Savini work work is magic um yeah but i think the film has a bit more to offer and honestly more so than than my bloody valentine i would i would love to see this movie remade um mm-hmm. so because I think I think there's a ton you could do with it. Now, the movie itself, yeah, you know, it's you know I, I watch it. It's a slash film. And I think yeah. I think I think part of the part of what holds it back in our estimation, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak for you, but it's just my my guess yeah. is just the idea that this kind of film we've seen it a thousand times now, whereas yeah. whereas back then we've seen it maybe five or six times, you know, sure. <laughs> at that well, that's point. why so, I was like. Uh,
1: I'm trying to be fair to it because I I know that especially with a, a genre like this, it's kind of important to review things in context. Um, but like, you know, I'll watch something like Halloween, and I'll still be pretty impressed with the craft of that. And I did I I think that some of that did come off to, come off on me here. I it is a pretty uh I I think particularly the scenes where almost nothing is happening and you just kind of like the atmosphere is kind of sinking in. I do think that the film has strong moments in that regard, but I I mean, mostly it feels, I I don't know. I I was even just comparing it to movies that it is coming on the heels of and only those movies rather than the films that followed. It seems a little bit too in their shadow.
0: So I, I think the, the best way, well, you know, just for our our audience right now, the, the, the prowler is the concept of the prowler is the same concept as my bloody valentine where it uh, I, it opens up with a with a uh, someone reading a dear john letter which is a letter that was sent to people uh, to usually men deployed uh from their significant others saying hey i can't do this anymore you know bye so uh and then in response the this prowler the the, <laughs> the, the gi the soldier uh, decides to just kill a bunch of people, and you know, read into that everything you will. It's 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 probably from that everything that you think it is. Um, but uh, the I think the in its tone, I think the best, r- the closest replication to this, I would say, or the or the film that is most trying to mock is Black Christmas. It came out in seventy. Before, yeah if a yeah actually
1: predated halloween even oh
0: yeah black christmas is is widely considered like the first slasher um, yeah and, and because like yeah as i said it's it's enjoyable to watch tom savini work but nothing about the film wants you to like ha, <laughs> revel in it it's so fun it's not a friday the 13th yeah. style film no. you know it's no. and it's and it's there's even a little bit of like entertainment that you want that want to be have with uh you know John Carpenter's Halloween where it's like this is as i said it's it's dark it's bleak it, there's it makes no bones about it it's mm-hmm. um a little cheesy and cheaply made <laughs> so there's there is one scene in this movie that i actually laughed at because what the fuck but uh Other other than that, um, it's, it's very, it's very dark. And I think it's important to appreciate that sort of, uh, edge of coming out at the time because it wasn't concerned with being palatable.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. There was something that feels a lot more like, like a lot less processed about this than even a lot of the Friday the 13th movies, which do, I mean, they, ironically, this is less cynical even though it's a darker movie, because it just feels like less of a product. Um, True, I, and I and I do agree to that. Um, it just doesn't feel like it's it to me that it's adding a whole lot. A lot of the virtues that people have kind of like retrospected. Like I, I was kind of interested in the legacy of this movie and what makes it a cult classic. And I don't know a lot of the a lot of what people were praising about the legacy of it. I just either I don't see it as being an innovation of this movie specifically or i don't really agree like apparently one of the um one of the large uh uh, one of the the larger praises sung about the movie is that it is one of the first reframings of uh what being a returning gi meant um and uh i i guess we haven't gotten to to the context of what that means so i won't i won't totally show it show my hand there but Suffice to say, I don't think that this is necessarily the best and most sensitive depiction of returning GIs. No, it's probably <laughs> little, it's,
0: it's probably even very exploitative in that. So, I, you know, I don't want. Yeah. I I almost like I want to start like a splinter cult of the Prowler. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like yeah. I I I uh, appreciate it for much different like reasons that I think technical aspects. Yeah. Well, yeah. so n- not just okay. So here's the thing. And uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll lay my cards out on the table. So, do it, uh, do it. I think that it's, it's amazing to me that on its while, while the movie didn't do enough to hammer this home, it wasn't quite as. I don't think. It, I think the the I think the Prowler's material is smarter than the people handling its material. If that makes sense,
1: kind of like Transformers.
0: <laughs> so, so on paper, uh, the Prowler is a movie about about uh, about, uh m- well i'm just it's about misogyny like the prowler is yeah. a mo- is a movie about a man who is spurned by one woman and then decides mm-hmm. he's going to take out his rage wi- in violence on mm-hmm. every other woman <laughs> right like
1: yeah. this is and any men that happen to and any men that happened oh, to you yeah. know be with them
0: exactly i mean it, this is like this is like incel shit at this point it's true. you know it's so true. Th- that's like i'm like man Someone with this, and this is also something that uh, was really done with with Black Christmas and the remake of Black Christmas that came out last year. I love both Mm -hmm. films. And, you know, at first I really didn't give enough credit to the original Black Christmas for its, you know, like feminist themes and and tackling misogyny. I I think all that is actually Mm -hmm. there on on further readings and watching. So, but, uh, and but black christmas definitely took like a different a different uh, take on it that was still you know hammered these these points home and i think someone could do the same thing with the prowler that uh, makes a lot of sense and, and it could very well apply to modern day um so that you know i as it, seeing it and appreciating it for that uh, that take not a not appreciating because well oh well you you uh, made the a war veteran a villain huh <laughs> good, <laughs> for, you, good for you so so daring and and not insensitive at all but to say like oh yes here's a a a, a man who got his heart broken admittedly sure uh, it decides it's it's equal punishment taking revenge to murder not only the person who spurned you but anybody else who you feel like it because you know they didn't love you. They, you know, th- their, their men don't deserve, sorry, you deserve better than their men and whatever. Uh-huh. That's the stuff that I'm like, you, someone could really drive this point home in a way that, uh, makes it even more terrifying because it's more real. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm such a nice guy. I'm going to kill all these kids. <laughs> <laughs> Show them how nice a guy I am. Yeah. It, um, it does kind of take the, uh, it, it it is an interesting reframing of the way that slash movie kills usually work. And again, it, because it wasn't as established of a form of a formula at the time, I don't know how conscious this was, but the idea that, it, it, you know, there's always kind of the subtext where the Virgin always lives in part as like almost a divine reward punishment system, you know, like easy people get killed in horror movies. <laughs> And the, you know, the chaste ones survive. And yeah that, which was lampooned brilliantly in, uh, I mean, lots of movies, but in Cabin in the Woods. I love in particular. Cabin in the Woods. Huh? I know. Um, but this one, it reframes that where, it, no, it's not an act of divine will. That's literally his motivation is that he's such, he has such a toxic view of, of sex and of women's sexual autonomy. Because it, to be perfectly upfront about it, she leaves him at the beginning of the movie of her own agency. She doesn't really make bones about it. She feels bad about it. Sure. But that, that is very, is very much her decision. And, uh, and his response is to kill people, (laughs) kill her and her new lover first. And then, you know, what? 30 years, how many years later? 35, something like that. 35 years later. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He's to, uh, still uh, killing re- people.
1: He's, he's he just uh, ch- children, small animals, the innocent, doesn't matter. Just love killing. <laughs> I don't know, who that's from <laughs> uh, Sorry, that's from Rick and Morty.
0: Oh, damn it.
1: Damn that's, it. That's uh that's from Populous Michael. Yeah,
0: but I must-
1: <laughs> you know my
0: my friend uh, Wyatt recently got me to convinced me to watch uh, rick and morty and then i just got like sucked in and now i i love it and i will verbally abuse anyone who doesn't no i'm kidding uh (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: Uh, are you gonna jump on the counter in mcdonald's restaurants that don't serve you szechuan sauce oh god that was a bad summer james
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so almost
1: as bad as this summer
0: you know i'm gonna bring it up in the next podcast we record too, uh rick and morty but uh yeah they yeah i mean it's a good show um If you can look past the fan base And and enjoy it for what it is, great Um, I think there's lots Uh of really fun Really in-depth conversations you can have about it Mike and I have already had a bunch And that Mm -hmm. ends our brief aside on Rick and Morty And back to The Prowler Because while I do think And as I said, that the material is really smart The movie itself is admittedly All over the place It's it's, it's dumb Um, it, It changes perspective so many times I have no idea who I'm rooting for it, it, oh like, my god e- even the it, even the first opening scene we go it's to the really party, jarring we go to the party with one couple and we leave the party 30 seconds later with a different couple i'm like I, I
1: i had no idea which one was supposed to be the woman who just broke up with oh, I, I assumed like one yeah. of them was supposed to be um because like I, I, I was like okay i'm sure one of these is supposed to be the woman who just wrote that that letter sure right yeah um, Cause that would be the only continuity that makes sense. Cause I don't know, we don't know any of these people and we're not really given proper introductions. And it's only when Tom Savini does <laughs> his thing that oh my, we kind right, of understand, shit. okay, okay. So that's who this is. And yeah, the, is... The, the
0: first kill is a pitchfork kill and the, the, it's a, it's a man and woman They're they're making out their you know, one is, one is on top of the other and he kills both of them with the same pitchfork stab <laughs> And I remember, yeah, the stabbed, same one. He stabs the stabs a woman in the back, or, or I think it's a, yeah, he stabs a man in the back with a pitchfork, yep. and then and then I'm watching. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then he like stabs it deeper and it's like pushes hits her, it. and I'm like, oh god, he he got both. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, man, Tom He's not pulling any punches. But th- then we flash forward to the the present. At the time, it was like you know, I think it's set in 1980. 80. and yep. so it's and once again, I have no. Who am I? who is my lens in this movie? Because it, it switches between... There's the sheriff's deputy. There's one girl who likes the sheriff's deputy. There's another girl who likes the sheriff's deputy. Uh, you know, it's... It See, that, it that was the part back that... back and forth. I'm just like, what is going on here?
1: That that was the part that didn't bother me as much because that seemed like such a slasher movie convention. You know, like, sure, that is yeah. that is just to a T. Like, even Tarantino does it in, uh, in Death Proof, which is still one of my favorite slasher movies uh, even though is it's it's, in, it's basically done entirely as a genre exercise but i think he nails it um where you basically spend maybe an hour with this one batch of characters there's not really a main i think there's like one main main you know um among them but then after that first hour you completely shift to a different group of characters only loosely related to the first one. You've never actually seen them together and you don't know who any of them are. And you only really get to know them through situational dialogue. And I, I, I kind of like that, it, even though it is frustrating from a narrative perspective, that that's just kind of like such a slasher movie thing. It, 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 it works for me weirdly uh, enough.
0: Okay. Okay. That's, that's fair interpretation. I think I just, I, I think it lacked the follow through that, uh, yeah. that really helps those kind of movies, uh, do well um yeah. and w- <laughs> we've talked about this uh, I, I don't necessarily want to spoil it for you but i'd be shocked if i needed to because who the prowler is could not be more obvious <laughs> from I, oh, I maybe the second maybe the, well from the first scene in in 1980 um when they flash forward i'm like oh so that's they use a So, you'll uh, okay. I guess if you watch the movie before seeing this podcast, you'll. I mean, you if you listen to this podcast and then watch the movie, you might be a little spoiled because I'll point it out. But they they use a line, oh, I better get back or else blank is gonna kill me. And I (laughs) swear he winked at the camera. (laughs) And at that point, it immediately put the idea in my head. I was like, oh, so he's the he that guy's the killer, and then and then that guy goes away. Dude. He's like, oh, I'm
1: going out of town. Have fun, Frank. I always do. His name's not Frank. I just yeah. I always, always do. Always
0: do have fun.
1: My God, I I just love killing. I mean, um, yeah, and it's, uh, and it, you
0: then you start to think about it, and you're like, yeah, this guy's the right age where that would make sense. It you know he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> he's going to be gone we, the we entire were, time we, that this killing is going to happen. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> we were committing the carnal sin of, uh, you know, talking, uh, before the, uh, podcast was recording, but I, I, I will repeat myself. I, I never, I never guess these things. I never know who did it. Um, I'm really bad at trying to anticipate, any kind of surprise ending even even ones that are not particularly surprising i just am very bad at it um oh, man. I, I didn't even have an inkling of the twist of shutter island now, when i saw it and then after the fact i was just like it, it seems so obvious so you, you mentioned i, you I mentioned Shutter
0: knew. you mentioned shutter island shutter, shutter yeah.
1: island um but yeah, i'll, yeah, I'll yeah, bail
0: yeah. you out a little bit because if anyone has seen the german horror film goodnight mommy that has a twist in it that is very very obvious, and yeah, mm-hmm. I I missed it completely. So yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh god, it's been a while, man. You're I kind of forgot mommy? about that one. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> um, but and, and immediately though, like all the alarm bells went off. Just like, like his like his name might as well have been like. Carl, not, I am a bad guy. Not, <laughs> like, not the killer. I promise. Not the killer. No, no, no. It's just like I think that guy's a killer. No, 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 no. You clearly haven't been paying attention to the movie. You see, it says he's not the killer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So they, well, I, I, brief, I had briefly
0: entertained the idea that this was just going to be. This character is kind of like a security blanket for another character, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, you're you're up in the stakes, you're making this guy go away, but I'm like, no, the simplest, most obvious killer is the right one. So this is Occam's Prowler.
1: Occam's Prowler, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, really, the the one, yeah, the the one thing that could potentially deter you from thinking it's him is just the, the off chance, like, oh, it's a, it's so obvious that it's a misdirect. It's not a misdirect. It's, it's- <laughs> no. So I mean, especially
0: when, I mean, I I feel like. In my head, the reveal. Though when they when the killer is all actually revealed, and by the way, the kill on the killer is amazing. But when the killer oh is, my god, right? But when the when the killer is actually revealed, in my head, the woman said the killer's name like Scooby Doo, you know, <laughs> 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 Pastor Finley, <laughs>
1: old old man Jenkins. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't know. So, um, yeah, again, like. I really, I do think this movie is smarter than the people who made it. Um, but yeah, the, the people who made the movie definitely left their stamp as well. And it's not exactly the best.
1: I, I can admit that the, uh, the, um, weight of what you were saying with, uh, you know, kind of the, uh, essentially framing this as an incel story, obviously long before the term incel even existed. Um, Th- that was a bit lost on me like uh, just the idea uh, of how divergent that is from so much in horror particularly slasher horror um, so I'll admit to maybe underrating it a little bit but it, like to me that stuff is the, the, the uh, fingerprints of the actual people making the movie are a lot more potent and like a lot more apparent when you're watching it and th- that's what kind of tarred the experience for me a little bit or at at least I guess I just don't I don't see the uh, it's kind of a syndrome all over again where I I think that I think that it's a cult film because of what it could be and what it arguably represents rather than what it is
0: yeah well and and again like I feel like you know I feel like my I haven't seen you know my take on this film uh, written elsewhere i looked for it and uh, everyone was talking about this like war stuff and i'm like no yeah <laughs> honestly that's like the the most insensitive part of it so you know that's why i'm like m- you know i'd start a splinter cult on the prowler and ask people to join me in this one because uh, i think and i want to articulate a little bit of the difference because mm-hmm. i think the difference between this and any other horror f- any other horror of film that that targets women is that for the killers in those films—it's not personal. You almost feel like it's—it's it's kind of personal. It, if it is personal by anybody, it's from the directors or the writers, and it kind of gives that like a skeevy feel to it. Um, it's it's kind of gross. Yeah, where you're like, where it's like the director's just like, yeah, how can I kill these women? Um, or the, you know, whoever. The
1: that's what she gets. Her. That's that's what she gets for being easy. Yeah. yeah. Where,
0: whereas in in this movie, like if that is those are the views of the person actually doing the killing in the horror, and that's mm-hmm. not something that you see in. Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees is just a, a mindless monster. Um he's a force of nature essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean same thing with like Mike, Michael Myers, you know, he's just doing what he does. Um where yeah, so it's like the prowler is someone who he does not like women. Um and that yeah. that's mm. that stems from his own entitlement that he feels toward women's bodies, women's love, you know, their their feelings, wants their control over their own, you know, their own desires, yeah. So that to me pushed it over the edge more than just like, oh yeah, he's killing women, and so that's that's uh that's what makes it. <laughs> no, it's not that simple. So yeah, I, again, splinter cult. You join me in a splinter cult? I, I'm, I'll make it.
1: <laughs> I, I will say this too, and I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we want to go all the way with revealing everything. So I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be too specific. But what I will say, I think that the d- uh, despite how obvious it is. The casting of the incredibly obvious killer <laughs> is brilliant, based on who that actor is and what he's most known for. Um, I it, think it's a really well brilliant you know, piece of casting. Here, let
0: me. I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw down the the hard spoiler warning. If you haven't seen right. the movie before and you want to see the movie, you can just pause it, watch the movie, come back because I want to hear this take in in uh, in more detail.
1: Sure. So here okay. we are. We, we threw that down. Alright, so the killer is Farley Granger's character. Um, Farley... I know. Sheriff Frazier? I know! Frazier. Sh- I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only everybody suspected that. Um, the So Farley Granger is best known for his two roles in pretty famous Hitchcock movies. Uh, the most well-known being Stranger on a Train. Um, the other one being Rope. And in both cases he is kind of plays a um, kind of a reluctant participant in bloody crimes in, in in both movies just manifested in different ways. Um, Both times he is also kind of gay coded. Um, That was deliberate because Farley Granger is actually bi. Yeah. And uh, I think Hitchcock always had that, that element of subversive sexuality present in his, in, in a lot of his movies. Um, but he always kind of played this hapless, I don't want to say every man, but definitely someone who does not belong in a world of, of crime and murder um, being dragged into it. So typical Hitchcock stuff. So you, um, and he's, a,
0: yeah. So you're saying his brand at that point was sort of one of like a, you know, an innocent schlep.
1: Yeah. And I mean, at the very least, too, um, I mean, those movies came out in the 50s. This came out in early 81. So or sorry, the early 80s in 81. Um, So he was kind of even at that time, pretty much considered a a veteran actor, I I suppose. Mm -hmm. And seasoned. I don't know. Yeah. Seasoned. um, Known for these movies where he's kind of in close proximity to uh, to the macabre without being a willing participant in it and i think that is that didn't add something extra to seeing him just be the unabashed murderer in this because there's something there is something very like almost puppy dog like and innocent about farley granger while he is also very close to darkness and and violence and i did i do think that is a very inspired piece of casting
0: that that's uh, i i always appreciate your bringing in the uh the historical uh, perspective from yeah, you know, yeah saying that as someone who's not well read on, on classic films. So
1: yeah. It, it just like seeing that he does play a great, uh, he plays someone who with a, with a foot in both worlds, basically the, the, you know, the everyday mundane world and the, you know, the dark sea, the underbelly. And, and, and I, I, I would not change that casting for the world. It's just the, the presentation <laughs> <laughs> and the and the not so subtle foreshadowing that makes it or that make it a pretty underwhelming twist, I must say. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and not
0: even that the, the film doesn't even really give you time to reflect on that you know no it's at the very it's, it's, it's very close very to the end, end, end and it, yeah it's very close to the end and nothing like comes of it so it's just kind of like oh that yeah. was there's no if you're looking for like a well spelled out explanation of oh this is how he was like i don't even understand there was a, there's another characters in a wheelchair major chatham like, i don't understand what he was doing i don't
1: get it i don't either i kind of thought at first that the idea was like they were going to think it was him but <laughs> he's in a wheelchair <laughs> But you immediately know it's not
0: him. Yeah, and, but a- he, like, shows up at that one point in his wheelchair and he, like, grabs a girl who's
1: running away grabs by the wrist, like, very I hard, st- doesn't I st- say stil- anything. I s- still don't know why. W- I still How? don't know why he does
0: And also, like, logistically, too, like, c- he can, can he walk? Like, they didn't say I d- I don't he know. could. And he, he uh, like, his his house, even to get into his house, you need to climb up some stairs. <laughs> And then there's no elevator, and he's on the second floor. And one, I'm like, I don't understand this. How does this
1: work? It seems like something from a different draft that like didn't get completely omitted (laughs) or like this one.
0: I don't know. Maybe they thought they could get a house with a, with like an elevator that was military accessible and they, they couldn't, they had to sell. No, but just like, even,
1: even the dubious like narrative reasons he's there. Like it it seems like the idea would be to draw suspicion that like you're supposed to think it's him. But then like even early in the movie, you have the prowler chasing a character and then like he is still chasing her and then she runs into him in the wheelchair grabbing her and like yeah well, i know that i know that horror characters are you know the, the 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 slashers can kind of teleport sometimes when the plot needs to but
0: sure I, I,
1: to me that was like the, the clear impression was like it is 100% not him yeah well and here's <laughs> the thing too like
0: it was it's the the it is implied that that major chatham has some connection to the original victim rose well, I, I thought she was his daughter see that's i didn't know if it was daughter Lover, don't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's not very clear. It, it was not clear, um, but I think I think they said I, I do think there was some reference to the daughter. But then there's mm-hmm. a reference to when the sheriff deputy, after this whole grabbing thing, he says, Well, oh, I saw I, I saw wheelchair tracks and footprints, but I didn't see uh, Major Major Chatham." Does that? Did the prowler like walk Major Chatham back to his house? Like I
1: don't. What are you? I don't get. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah. how are how are something so obvious and spelt out, and others just impossible to decipher?
0: Well, that's the thing. That's why I was like, I was waiting for a oh, this is what happened for a huge, a, you like know a real reveal. The, yeah, yeah, the full re- and it just like didn't happen. I don't know if it they just they themselves just didn't write it completely. <laughs> I'd believe I st-
1: that. I- I still think it was like a multiple drafts thing, or at least I I have nothing to base that off of. It just feels like they had a different plot earlier and then, you know, reworked it. And then some elements, it happens a lot where some elements that were present earlier and made sense in an earlier draft get kind of spliced into the new version, but they don't have the context and the payoff to really make them mean anything. So they're just kind of sitting there.
0: Man, I, I had a double take because someone on this cast—I was just looking at the cast list—and someone on this cast list has the same name as my brother-in-law. I'm like, "What the fuck? What?" <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I—I I, that's just another example of kind of like the messiness. I think the most plausible explanation is they really wanted to have like an alternate suspect, but man, could you have
1: picked? Could you have picked a, anyone a less
0: impossible to have been the killer? <laughs>
1: And it's really weird, too, because it's, I mean, it's Lawrence Tierney who is playing that role. And, like, he can be pretty intimidating. A lot of people know him from Reservoir Dogs. He's he's Mean Joe <laughs> in Reservoir Dogs. And he does a really good job playing, like, this, like, this grizzled, like, angry, grumpy old mobster guy. And uh, he's just this, what is he, the mayor or the sh- He's a
0: major, so... Think, major, excuse me. I think he's just, like, a, a, a well-respected veteran from the town.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't... But, yeah, then he just, like, is a non-entity he, the he whole doesn't time. Say he doesn't anything. Really do anything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't have
0: a single line. He he, he peeps on the, the neighbor sorority, I think it is, <laughs> um, at the, one point. Which, apparently,
1: he's been doing all summer. <laughs>
0: and one of them is totally fine with it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. As as people in slasher films tend to be, sometimes yeah. You know? yeah.
0: So, yeah. Again, movie a mess. Uh, you're right yeah. to say that the the fingerprints of the people who made it on all over this, uh, all over this the the source material is way more prominent than the the virtues of the material itself. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think again, it, trying to looking past the weeds, um, and with the. I see a, I see a really great concept that could be that is relevant today and could be better done today and then that much to me is elevated by Tom Savini who we've already said uh, enough about well we can never say enough about really um, No he's a legend cuz man he also he he directed a a remake of Dawn of the Dead which is
1: pretty good it's pretty good I thought it was uh- De- oh, Night I of the da- da- Night of the Living Night Dead. He directed Got a it.
0: remake of Night of the Living Dead, and it was pr- it was pretty good. It actually stars okay. as the as the lead role the same man who later played later. I don't know. He also played Candyman in the uh, original Oh Candyman no way franchise. Yeah. Um, I I I disagree with what he decided to do with the ending, but I think George A Romero actually wrote the script to that movie. So you know the, you know I can't put that on on Savini Um, but that's cool. So
1: it's just neat having that the legacy of, of night of the living dead still just awes me. The, the original night of the living dead, um, just all the different permutations it's taken and, uh, what it's meant to so many generations of filmmakers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no people, uh, I, (laughs) it was funny. I actually heard the, the director of one of my favorite movies from the past few years, Cresha, Trey Edward Schultz is the director of it. He actually Mm -hmm. said like, "Uh, yeah, I, I really liked, uh, night of the living dead as a, as an influence for this. I'm like, that's so
1: funny. That a hundred percent makes sense. It though. makes like, so much sense. It makes, I think that's, it, it is funny because the genre is so radically different, but also like you see that movie, it makes complete sense.
0: Yeah. That
1: that movie is about, it, that movie is tense and the horror is coming from inside the house.
0: Yes. Not outside. <laughs> the zombies so, inside are not, zombies outside are not half as scary as what's in. So.
1: Yep. God. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think I've I think I've said about all I have to say about uh uh the, the Prowler. I like, Jesus. Did you forget the name? <laughs> uh, uh, it's forgettable, James. It's for, no, no, no. <laughs> and, um, it, it, no, I uh, we, you know, yeah, we, I wouldn't I wouldn't join the cult. I wouldn't join it.
0: We, so, uh, I. Well I I would join the cult that exists. I agree. Uh, as I said. I
1: think it's I th- I th- I like your idea of creating a splinter cult though. That's pretty <laughs> interesting.
0: It's like you know we have we have the we worship the same god but in different ways.
1: <laughs> uh well you know uh, uh, uh current uh, cited main inspiration for both of us I think uh Lindsay Ellis she she kind of had a similar thing uh not put into these words but uh action kind of end a-
0: today at a bookstore
1: near you. <laughs> <laughs> I have. the book. I do have the ebook. <laughs> yeah, James has the book he t- he showed me. I have the ebook. I sent him a quip. I don't know if he got it, but I I hope he I hope he'll understand as he re- as he reads through it. Okay, okay. Um yeah, yeah. But um she kind of had a similar thing uh with well it, so her it, her take on Transformers the first one oh, yeah. is that uh is that the screenplay needed a much better director uh because The screenplay very clearly is, uh, you know, about Michaela being Megan Fox's character being routinely undervalued and uh, not, uh, you know, and looked down upon by the men in her life, despite the fact that she's very capable with cars. uh, She's, you know, smart, empathetic, uh, is this like fully fleshed out character, but is just kind of looked on as, as, you know, the way Michael Bay looks at all. All women, right? Um, the problem is they got Michael. The problem is they got Michael Bay to direct it, so that theme is completely undercut by the filming of said script, and totally changes how it comes off. It's, and I had admittedly had never looked at Transformers that way, and I can't help but think it's something. Something similar is happening here.
0: It's it's almost the same thing people talk about when they talk about uh, in video games when they talk about ludo narrative dissonance. Where Oh my god. Oh, there's yeah. a, Wait. a conflict between the the narrative being told and the gameplay. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I Yeah. Um there was a long analysis of a video game called Lisa. That was the first time I ever heard that term used.
0: <laughs> yeah. And well and, and that it applies, I think, in the the concept of a, a director at, or not knowing or be having a very different take on the material than the people who created
1: that material. Yeah. yeah yeah definitely throws a wrench into auteurship um well i guess not, not really but it definitely like it draws attention to i guess both how important auteurship is to like how a movie all like the final product of a movie but also how many different sensibilities are at play in any one work of collaborative art like that
0: uh real quick i want to run through the oh the we've already hit spoilers so i mean the kills in this movie We mentioned the pitchfork there's yes there's a very there's a very long like bayonet knife that is used to great uh g- great effectiveness like one stabbing through someone's skull and the end like pops out there the bottom of their chin and then their eyes like go oh, yeah. back into their head and i'm like oh god the we, the the sheriff is killed with a shotgun blast that explodes his head and it, the the editing there is so crisp that you're like did they just kill that guy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um, um I, I will say, I thought the, the the shower scene would be my, like, least favorite because it's such a ripoff of Oh, a kill in Halloween. No, Halloween. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I get the psycho reference, obviously. It's a shower, but just the, the way it plays off where the boyfriend goes to the other room to, you know, get ready, or I guess in Halloween's case, it was afterward. Sure. Um, and uh, gets killed and then enters the room obscured by something. In Halloween, it was a sheet and in this it's you know just apparently a really uh really foggy glass door because how do you not (laughs) well
0: it has uh, the door has that like texture to it the glass does it's i can't
1: that's that's true i'm just like i'm just like you're supposed to go get naked and he comes in wearing like (laughs) full-bodied military gear um yeah
0: but i mean still at that point you have uh, no reason to suspect that it's anybody else but
1: it's true it's true it's true um uh, you know, it's, it's, but it's the same shtick. Um, however, the kill is so colorful that it really, I, w- I must say it does, it does set itself apart.
0: Yeah. Well, and it was really well done too. Cause it, you know, it takes, it takes its time with what is clearly like a live, a live actor, you know, uh, um, mm-hmm. with, with this like makeup pitchfork, you know, supposedly in her, <laughs> it's it spe- it it shot like, pretty well too. Yeah. So I I, like, I I thought that was very impressive because it was it didn't try to like cut away to imply the hit it didn't jo- it didn't only show the the damage in one shot and then her in another shot like it showed the full picture you know it wanted to really wanted to flex its VFX muscles so
1: if that yeah I was like that sounds like a jab but psycho pun <laughs> intended
0: oh sure um, but man also the the pool scene. That's yeah, the pool scene was the pool. <laughs> the pool scene makes makes fuck all sense, um, but man, oh god!
1: Talk about this movie in a talk about this movie in a nutshell because it's <laughs> you know the dumbest horror trope ever. It's like everyone, stay inside. There's a prowler on campus, but don't worry, everything's fine. Just don't leave. And then she's out in the pool. The well, next, she, like she had the left next before show. the
0: announcement. She had left before. Uh, the okay, announcement. okay, that was the thing there, but uh, but still, I mean, it, I think, Okay, I think it makes the worst sense because it's like, how did? Was he in the pool the whole time? <laughs> like, like, and when he's jumping in the pool, is he like, you know, uh, swim? You know, because, okay, so she, she gets up from the pool. She tr- tried to get out and then she gets, she gets kicked in the face and then she's disoriented. She gets out and she's trying to swim away and the prowler comes from inside the pool to grab her, kind of like Jason in the boat. Um, yeah, yeah. But honestly, in a, you, it, just as iconic a way, I think that the that's the what gives you the cover of the prowler. It's it's a really cool scary shot, but you're like, wait, did he just go for a swim, and was he like yeah. underwater the entire time, oh. where she was like looking <laughs> around to see if she was safe? Like,
1: <laughs> what? He- hello, hello. <laughs> I the yeah, this movie has like two different Jason scares, and, and like specifically scares that are, I believe, explicitly a callback to the last scene in the first Friday the 13th. Yeah. It was that. And then the one at the very end. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: The, yeah. The, uh, in the shower where she like hallucinates that someone's alive still. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's, and, and also, I mean, it, it, oh, this is the last thing I wanted to say about it. Uh, th- th- I knew there was one more thing I was forgetting. Uh, if, if you are not a jump scare fan, stay the hell away. <laughs> like buyer, buyer beware. <laughs> Holy hell! A pretty this heavy jump
0: scare film. Yeah.
1: Every two second, I mean, like they're not huge, but they're just so incessant. It's just like I, oh, it, it got to me. It got to me. I'm like, I'm not. I'm. It numbed me. It had like the opposite effect. I'm like, I'm not scared anymore. Not that I was ever particularly scared, but. At that point, like a, a, a jolting, like note of music and a person coming up behind someone didn't do anything to me anymore. It's just like, I My body didn't even have that reflex. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, we, that's just everything we have to say at this point. Um, next episode, we're really excited, um, because we are having a special guest on our show.
1: You I love friends. I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I was contacted via Twitter, and I, I, I say this because anyone else can do this. If you guys want to be on our show, you got to pitch for us. Or we're, or we're all ears. Uh, by a follower, Chase Hutchinson. And he is going to... He has put forward the movie Bats, <laughs> which uh, came out in 99. Uh, so And it has gotten a cult following. I'm not sure if it's like a so bad, so, so bad it's good type of thing because uh, this movie got ripped apart reviews wise that's that's what i know about it so far but it's it's about like uh it's kind of like an, a, an animal attack movie you know uh is what i gathered from it so we
1: kind of kind of like in in the vein of the birds
0: birds eight-legged freaks something like that you know okay. um yeah that's that's what i gather from it i could be totally wrong because i try not to give myself too much pretext with this um uh, with with this show so Here we go. Uh, We're excited to have Chase on next episode. We're probably going to be sometime next week, crossing my fingers, that we get him on. And yeah, if, uh, as I said, if anyone else wants to reach out to us, we're available on Twitter at Cult Standard Pod. Um, if you like this show, if you want us to keep doing it, we're gonna keep doing it anyway. Um, re- leave us a review or subscribe onto Apple Pod, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast platform. Spotify, Coast, Spotify, Google Play Podcasts. Those those reviews help us a ton. Uh, subscriptions are awesome. You can also send us an email if you want to write in that way. If you don't have the Twitters then we're, e- we're available via email, cultstandardpod at gmail.com. So that is that. You can find me personally at JamCozy on Twitter, although admittedly I'm taking a little sabbatical. Um, probably going to last about 24 hours. <laughs> because, Until something else pisses you off. Well, because everything is sad now, Mike. Everything Everything's sad. sad. Everyone's everything sad everything on Twitter. Everything um, Uh-huh. Yeah, so give me like a day where I, can, I I go on Twitter to get angry, all right? Not to cry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's <that>? S- sentiment <laughs> emotions no <laughs> we're uh, men we just get to be mad about things sure
0: uh, yeah well I mean it undermines my crabby socialist brand that I've built worked so hard to build um, I guess so
1: yeah. my, where can they find you um, they can find me at uh, uh, at michaelleiden892 uh, that's my Twitter tag. Um, lots of sad boy energy on there. It's great. <laughs> and as
0: always, this concludes our broadcast day. No
1: click. Oh, click!
0: Yeah, truly amazing.